Welcome to the Victor Collins Sabre podcast. We pray the Holy Spirit will speak to you and stir you up as you listen to this anointed, transformative, and down-to-earth teaching by Bishop Collins. Discover how God can change your life and ministry forever. Enjoy the message. When we say you are the one who causes, it means that the power is in your hands. You are the one who decides. And that's, that's a very, very powerful uh, place to be where the windows of heaven are closed. And then you and I, in the simplicity of our lives, here in our country, Guyana, can press a button and the windows of heaven will open. This is amazing. I don't know if you understand what it means. You see, if you look at um, those of you who drive and who have been driven and who are sometimes driven, if you, if you use, is it what, um, Flesingen Road, you know, where the president's office is at, you know, that's, a, that's a, a, a particular session that has been marked, a huge mark, cross X, 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 it's like that. Um, the, the secret of it, or what it means is that at no time should any vehicle occupy that spot. Because they're, they're, they're saying that because the, the president might uh, come out or there might be some emergency and here and there uh, that nobody should be blocking the entrance or nobody should be blocking that way for that uh, dignitary or that important person to, to be moving around. Uh, are, you, are you catching what I'm talking about? Yeah. So for you to be able to go and stand there, nobody says anything to you for like the next 30 minutes. It's, it's a big thing. I think I was passing, I using that road the other day and I saw a pickup parked not so far from the entrance, tinted. And I said, this can only be security. This can only be a special uh, protocol vehicle because no vehicle stops there. If your vehicle is, just breaks down there, you, somebody have to tow it away. They'll come for you. There's somebody will come and, and, and confront you. And the vehicle, they'll call the police to come and tow the... I mean, to be able to leave your car there, hey, it means you are very, very powerful. In other words, I'm trying to tell you that tithers are the ones who, who have a certain power. That there's a certain gate that doesn't open until we decide to open it by our tithe. So when you don't tithe, and if you don't tithe, there's a certain door that is locked. And, and remember, remember, ladies and gentlemen, that there are several uh, things in, in, here on earth. If you leave a cupboard, if you leave a room, you leave a closet closed for a while, you see that anytime you open it, you see that this place has not been opened for a long time. Which means that if you don't uh, tithe and allow the windows of heaven to be constantly open, the next moment when you tithe, it will only cobwebs and spiders that will, that, will, that will come out of it to you. Even in the, in, the, in the houses and the rooms that we live in, if you don't pay attention, you see spiders will start spinning their webs and making their webs and, and, and all, of, all, all, all things around. You can be in a room and if you like, don't sweep it for two weeks, you see that the place is dirty. 
So how much, how much less when you have a cupboard or a wardrobe or a chest of drawers and you don't open it for, for three months? The next month you open it, you see what is inside. And that is what tithing really is about. That it presses a button for a particular door to be opened. And if you don't allow that door or that window to open frequently, the next time it opens, you'll not be happy what comes out of it. <laughs> I catch you the revelation. Bring you all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be meat in my house. And he says that when you do that, I will open you the windows of heaven. So tithes open the heavens over their life. So the choice is actually yours, whether you want to open hell over your life or you want to open the heaven over your life. I'm just doing a recap. (laughs) The first point is that tithers open what? The windows of heaven or open the heavens over their life. So it's either the choice is yours to tithe or not. God is not going to kill you because you are not tithing. You are, you feel the squeeze when you don't tithe. (laughs) Because the heavens will close over your life. And then you feel it. I mean, when it doesn't rain for a while, you see it. You see, you feel it. That, that the place is hot. The place is hot. The place is hot. You'll be asking for rain. When it rains, ah, when it rains, Samaria gets something. You have to walk through the mother. But when it doesn't rain, you say, ah, it's hot. It's hot. The place is hot. So we decide. Whatever we want, we should decide it. Just like heaven and hell. We are the ones who decide. We believe or we don't believe. And then the consequences also follow. So we open the heavens, we open the windows of heaven by our act of faithfulness or obedience when we tithe. Hallelujah. And the next point, the second point is that um, tithers cause the heavens to be opened over their lives. And then the open heavens, because Somebody may ask, okay, so if the heavens open, what does it do for me? I mean, is it not God who is getting more breeze? I agree with you. If you don't understand it, then when the windows of heaven open, it's more God than maybe his wife, if he had a wife, and his children, who will be getting more breeze. Because when the windows are open, you get breeze. I know there are no mosquitoes in heaven. All right, because they are bad animals. They can't go to heaven. They're demons. <laughs> so what does it mean to me when the windows open? And that's, that's how, when you read the Bible, you must, you must always try to ask yourself, this verse, what does it mean to me? What does it mean to me when the windows of heaven is open over my life? And that's what we're looking at. The Bible says that he'll pour out a blessing. He'll pour out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. Hey. So, look at it. A blessing is poured out. The idea of the poured out blessing is that you will not have room enough to receive it. 
Do you get it? Now ask yourself, the little room I have hasn't been filled enough for me to identify with the last part of this verse. Are you following? Can you say that you are so blessed that you don't have enough room? I think we rather need more. more, 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 more. We won't need. <laughs> we need more blessing. Room is too big. The blessings are too small. That is why we can easily not believe the Bible, because whenever it doesn't apply or it doesn't make sense to us, we can really disconnect from the scripture. For many of us, the Bible is not relevant because we can't can't relate with the things in the Bible. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. You have to make the Bible real. Otherwise, you will not benefit from whatever is in the Bible. And once you don't benefit from something, you, you lose interest in it. Oh, yes. If your work doesn't change your life, you begin to find all kinds of excuses. The supervisor, the boss man, I don't like this work. You find all kinds of things to say. Because your, your job doesn't benefit you. Yeah. And a woman you have in your life doesn't do anything for you. It's useless. You talk her name all the time. Whenever you go to the, the place to drink a beer, she's a topic. You talk, uh, I got this woman here, this woman is a crass. All kinds of things. Like, the woman is sitting quietly in her house and you are, you are talking about her in a certain way. It's because the benefit, the, 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 there's, no, there's no benefit. So, so the, the, the person becomes the talk of town. <laughs> beer stress. By me, woman, beer stress. Yeah, if only they could record the uh, discussion at the beer bar, the beer garden for you to hear wherever you are as a woman. You'll be surprised. Yeah. Is me they talking about? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just how you drunk. Oh. That is how our lives are. Because the Bible says that. The Bible says that. The Bible says that when the blessing is poured out, and you think about it. How can God send a blessing to you and you have room enough for it? Something is all right. God, even if he, if he pours out a pint of blessing, you can't handle it. It will be too much. So, so the, the point is, what is happening? What is going on? What is going on? How come I'm, I've paid tight for six years? I've paid tight for eight years. Some of you have paid tight for 12 years. You cannot say that you don't have room enough for the blessings. You cannot say that. And if you cannot say that, then tithe now will become something irrelevant. You see that no matter the title you have, you miss one month and then you pay the other month. You miss one month and you pay the other month because you have not experienced the blessing of giving away a tenth of your money.
So that is why we're going through what is this blessing? Because if we are able to identify the blessing, then maybe we may have, we may also try and understand that the reason why we don't have room enough is that when the blessings came, we didn't, we didn't open up to it. So the room, as empty as it is, it has remained the same because we have been driving away the blessings. So how can you have room enough? You don't, how can you not have room enough when you drive the blessings away? It can be. Are you, are you following what I'm trying to say? Are you sure you can follow what I'm trying to say? So the reason why we can't agree with us, this is God speaking. God is speaking to the prophet Malachi. God is saying that you will not have room enough. And the blessing that I will bless you when you tithe, what you, what you will get, what you will get, you will not be able to handle it. How come we have been able to handle it? Is God a liar? God is not a liar. Something got to be wrong about the room. Whether it's opened to blessings or it's closed to blessings. Especially from God. And it all comes with our understanding and our relationship with God. Because when you don't know somebody, when the person comes to you or calls you, you can't recognize that it's the person who called you. And the prophet said something very simple. He said that, when you know somebody very well, when they call you, it's now that we have smartphones that tell us who is calling. In those days where you didn't know who was calling you, when they call you, you run. The landline. You are outside, you hear the landline ring, you run. Because it's exciting to go and pick up the phone. Yeah. My father will tell you, don't go and pick it up. I'll come and pick it up myself. <laughs> yeah, it's not for children. <laughs> Yeah, you are dead. Phone doesn't ring. It rings once, and then you're excited. You want to go and pick it up. Then you're, you hear your, your, my, my father will tell you, don't pick it up. I'm coming to pick it up. Yeah, nobody calling you. Yeah, so what, what he did consequently was that he, he made a connection to his room. So he had a phone in his bedroom. So that if he's there and the phone rings, when he, when he picks it up and hears that you are feeling said. Hang up, I have it. All your excitement is gone. Karen, are you here? All your excitement is gone. Because it was such an excitement to go and pick up the phone. Now, you don't even have to think. The phone thinks for you. Because when a signal comes into your phone, the phone says that, I know this number. A smartphone. And then, because the number is stored on your phone, so the phone connects the signal to the number that is stored. And then says, oh, Pastor Joshua, call it. So now you either, oh, Pastor Joshua, oh, yeah. yeah. And if you don't have the number stored on your phone, then the phone, will, the, the phone will say, you know what, I don't recognize this person who's calling you, but I, I just want to show you that somebody's calling. Decide. Private. All kinds of, the phone is telling you that somebody is calling you, but they don't want you to see their number. So they are calling private. So then you ask yourself, who wants to spy on me? I don't want any private calls. But in those days when, when people call you and you don't know who is calling you, you can only recognize 
the person by their voice if you know them and if you talk often with them on the phone. Because sometimes people, people's voices change on the phone. Yeah. That's how somebody can call and say, are you sleeping? Because they hear your voice and the way it's low, they think that it means you are sleeping. So, no, no, I ain't sleeping. I good. What's your problem? Did you call to find out whether I was sleeping or what? <laughs> Go straight to the point. <laughs> because the voice changes in a certain way. So, it, it comes over like a sleepy voice. You can only not ask, who am I speaking to? You will not ask that question because the voice is a known voice. And so, if we have had enough room for God's blessings, the question is, have we really opened up to the blessings of God? Have we really opened up to the blessings of God? If we have opened up to it, then I tell you that my God is not a God who lies and you will not have enough room for the blessings that he blesses you with. That is where we have to get to to be able to speak boldly and say, you know what? I know what it is to tithe. Otherwise, we are just throwing our money into the offering bag and all of us say we are paying tithe, but there's nothing to it in terms of recognizing what a blessing is when it comes to you. And so I explained that a blessing is not necessarily money. Money comes so you can acquire sometimes a blessing with it, a benefit with it, an advantage with it. If you're able to buy a car, you just have an advantage over somebody who doesn't have a car because when we close from church, you're gone. You ain't got to wait for nobody. When it's raining, you don't need an umbrella. Your car is an umbrella. Your car is everything to you. You can eat, you can sleep, you can do everything in your car. It's like a, a mobile house. You see that people have shoes in their cars. If you... Yeah, they have shoes, they have combs, they have colognes, they have creams, hand cream, face cream, body cream, foot cream. How can they have cutest? They say they, call, they don't call it cutest. A cutest, but my mother used to call it cutest. So I know only cutest. <laughs> Some people say nail polish. I know it as cutest. Yeah, red. It used to be only red. And my mother would sit down out on the veranda and then you put it on the door. Like Qtex, painter. Now there are people who say they are expert painters of, of, of nails. And you go and they put all kind of Guyana flag on your nails. If you, in fact, if you don't have nails, they will give you nails also. My God. <laughs> Long, short, medium, all kind of things. <laughs> prefabricated nails <laughs> it's like prefabricated steel <laughs> are, you, are, you, are you with me I want to challenge you to critically assess the reason why we still have room enough as against what God has said so something got to be wrong the first thing is to see a blessing not as money. 
blessings is not money. A lot of people, a lot of worldly people who are going to hell have a lot of money. Money is not money does a lot of things. Money helps in acquiring a lot of things because it is the legal tender for which goods and services are exchanged. But money itself is not from God. God does not throw down money from heaven. Most Christians think that when I give an offering, I'll find money on the road. <laughs> not nowadays. Not many, many years ago from now. For about 20-something years ago, 30-something years you hardly find money on the ground. Hardly. <laughs> ah! Even coins, you can't see them these days. Yeah. So, we have room, and in fact, a lot of room, because the blessing when they come, they are not able to enter the room because we don't see the blessing. We don't see the blessing. That's why I'm taking my time to, on just this second point, just take you through some things from the Bible that will help you recognize what the blessing is. Your pastor is a blessing. Huh? Your pastor is a blessing. When you pay tithe, you're actually telling God, or, or God responds to your tithe paying by giving you a man of God who is, who is influential in your life and direct, and it's really, really part of your life. That's a blessing. Yeah, if you don't benefit from your pastor, it means that you are not seeing your pastor the way God wants you to see him. Because there are several ways that people see their pastors. Oh, yes. Yeah. Anything that God has given you that's a blessing, you must benefit from it. Otherwise, you are the one who's not receiving that thing as a blessing. Yeah. And God does not need your approval to bring the type of blessing that you're expecting. He gives you... It's better for God to bless you with what he knows is good for you than what you think is good for you. We can never be outsmart God in terms of what we need in life. We're beyond what we, what we can expect. That's what the Bible says. He's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think of because he knows more than we do. And, and as children of God, sometimes we think that chocolate is what is good. I want chocolate. Because it's chocolate, it, it broke up your teeth. And you know, children, no matter how bad a thing is for them, once they want it, they still want it. Yeah. Children don't want to take home-cooked food to school. Sometimes it's even, it's even scornful. It's like people, we are off camera, we are coming to buy nice food for the canteen, and you mother cook what charming for you for bringing it. Oh, it's that. It's, like, it's, like, it's even a, a point of people, people mock you and make fun of you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Rice and Bora. They can easily call you Rice and Bora. <laughs> Bora means. So you see that sometimes when the children, as they grow up, they begin to scorn taking food to school. When home made, home cooked food is rather the best. Yeah. 
So, I gave you a few hints um, in recognizing what a blessing is. I said that men, one of the most important things that we should recognize this season, I'm not saying men are the only source of blessing, but the Bible says that men will cause men to give. It means that one of the one of the ways blessings come into our lives is through men. You get it? And we realize that Genesis 18 and verse 1 and 2. It was very interesting because I was talking to um, some teacher, um, you know, about my son switching schools and all of that. And the teacher said, you have discernment. I said, ah, why do you say that? He said, you have discernment. That's why you are switching schools now. Yeah. Karen, are you paying attention to me? Your mind must be here. Okay. You can be distracted. He says, you have discernment. That's why you are switching schools now. Yeah, because I've had problems with my son's school for, for the past couple of months. Ah! I, I even went to, is it Morgan's? I went to check them out. He gave me all their requirements. I said, thank you very much. I'll see you later. School fees is 95000 yeah. No, I can only enroll my child in a school like that when, when I pay the fees. You tell me he has distinction already. <laughs> I don't have to worry. <laughs> oh, every time I'll pay 95. If you have to go and thief the money, I'll pay thief. I'll make sure at the end of five years, when the results come, it's distinction all over. I'll intentionally make him do 30 subjects. Because <laughs> you promised me the station for every subject. I've given you 95,000 for about, like what, how many terms? Three by five. That's 15 terms. Oh, it must be the news. If my child doesn't come to the newspapers, I'll take it to court. Yeah, I'll take it to court. <laughs> I said, Madam, your, your Honor, I paid 95,000 to this man. He indicated that my son will get distinction. I don't know that. He didn't get distinction. Breach of contract. <laughs> I'm sure there are, there are services that whatever is probably worth that worth. But I, 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 I got a revelation about private schools. That's why I, I did what I did. Especially a, a, particular, a particular private school. Yeah, when you realize that your child doesn't bring home homework, one week, two weeks, three weeks, you ask, do you really get, do they really teach you? How come they teach you and there's no assignment? It's either you are lying to me or something wrong. 
Because I like children to have an assignment book. I don't want you to write your assignment in your, in your science book. When I'm looking for it, I can't find it. <laughs> I don't want that. <laughs> I, I, I'm interested in the assignment. So, take one book. I'll buy one book for you. And every assignment goes there. Uh, 6 September, uh, a science assignment. This, this is So, when I take that book, and then when the assignment is done and you are going to school, I sign that assignment is done. Yes. So, the moment I don't get this kind of, I mean, room in my home in raising my child, no matter how much money I give you, even if it's 5,000, there's an error. There's an error. There is an error. And I discovered, so when the lady said, you have discernment, I was surprised that she... She, she used the word that I used a few Tuesdays ago. I, I, the last Tuesday or the week, the Tuesday before that. Last week. I said, hey, why are you using my own word on me like that? Because that is what Abraham did when he saw three men who were passing. The result of Abraham inviting them to come and sit down, wash their feet, eat something. It, 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 it is because Abraham descended. If you cannot discern, you will not. You have room that nothing is inside. Just like you can live in a house. Even TV, you can't buy TV. Your room is empty. Of course, some people have rooms that have too too much furniture, too many. You can't even have anywhere to pass. And nobody sits on it anyway. That's some little, uh, little uh, uh, teddy bear cushion. Every day you're just dusting it. What's your problem? <laughs> Children can't sit inside it. <laughs> Shout at you. Get out of the chair. <laughs> There's a teddy bear sitting in a chair. <laughs> A human being can't sit inside. It's sheer wickedness. It's why you are not blessed. Little, little things bother you and worry you. You go into the fridge, you are wondering who took the who drank the drink in the fridge. You see, when you are punishing, you like asking those questions. Uh. Oh yes. Who drank the juice? Now, there are six people here. If you put juice in the fridge, if, if, if it's not enough, somebody will drink your juice, of course. The person is only telling you that your fridge has enough room. You are not paying your tithe and seeing the blessings that God is blessing you with. Oh, yeah. Things are stored in a fridge to be used. I think it was one day that one of my, my, my leaders told me that they live in a house. The fridge has a code on it. Can I have one like that? Okay, do you are smiling. A pink code to open the fridge. 
Oh, no, you're, you're, you're very wicked. <laughs> How do you buy a fridge with a code on it? Very wicked. Then just buy a fridge and put it in your bedroom. Simple. That's okay. They'll break into the room. Ah, okay. <laughs> hey. Yeah, code for the eyes. Now, when you do that, you should, see, you should understand that something is wrong with you. No, no, please understand. Please take that from me. When you live with people and you're a Christian, like I know, and Jesus lives in your heart, and Jesus wakes up in the morning and he stretches in your heart like, ah, I'm happy to be in this life. And you buy things in the fridge and then you have a lock on it. Jesus is not in your heart, please. Jesus doesn't live in your heart. <laughs> You have stepped out. <laughs> and you are very wicked. And there are people who come to church who do that. Yeah. yeah. When you do those things, you should rather understand that you lack blessings. Ah. <laughs> Even when you use the drink, when you are going out, you measure where it is at. <laughs> There's right there. Right there. I, I marked the last one. I know what this was. Well, I know. You put a tip, you measure it. Ladies and gentlemen, when you do that, please understand that you lack a blessing in your life. You lack it. You lack it. You like it. I mean, <laughs> you, you shouldn't ask, have you gone into the fridge? What is the fridge for? It, it is there to be, go, to be gone inside. It's like a husband touching his wife in the night and the wife asking, what do you want? Who's the? Don't let me insult you. Don't let me insult you tonight. <laughs> ah, in the middle of the night, who do you expect to be touching you? And what do you think the person is looking for? Ah, what kind of question is that? When the hand touches you, you must be like a, a remote a, a machine that has a remote control that has been pressed. Here I, here I am, send me. That's all. <laughs> Touch screen. Hydraulics working. It's very fantastic. Yeah, that <laughs> a wife would just do. <laughs> no, no, no. It's like somebody's disturbing your, your sleep. <laughs> Have you forgotten you signed a contract? The contract meant that day and night, night and day. <laughs> Lady says, Arise. Where are you there, Paul? So when you buy a fridge, it's a blessing. Then when you put things in the fr fridge, it's also a blessing. Yes. But when you start asking questions about who touched this thing, 
Something is wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yes, look at the cheese. How the cheese gets so small. Now, are you are you not happy that you have been even been able to provide for somebody to, to eat? That you have bought a cheese and somebody has been able to cut the. And you know, when you see that the cheese has gone down, you say, Father, thank you for making me a blessing. That's how you should think. Yeah. Some of you, you beat people for opening your fridge. <laughs> you shell eggs for fridge openers. Fed up with them. <laughs> Put house and staple on the fridge. It's a blessing. There are some things when I see in the fridge, I don't even touch them. I'm not, they're not attractive. <laughs> they're not attractive. Yeah, if, you, if you leave it, it will be there. That's how I told you, I have sardines. Yeah, because I thought sardine was very important, but I've realized over the weeks and months that the sardine is still, I count every time I open the car, I say, one, two, three, four, say, ah. Is there nobody who's blessed here to eat this thing here? Then I count it. I said, this sardine, they, 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 I don't know what that is, demons, I have to cast them out of this place. <laughs> How can you come to my cupboard that you are not being eaten? You, you, should, you should even be disturbed that you are not being eaten. Yeah. So in a house like that, when you come and the sardine has gone down, you should ask, who, who used the sardine? When you, when you ask that, you are, you are, you are yeah, stress. You are always eating out things in the fridge. Always eating out things. You are licorice. I mean, what do you expect? What do you expect? Uh. <laughs> Hiding sugar. All of that. You don't understand until one day you will not be using sugar anymore. It's like at, at, you, you see, at a certain age, they will ask you, do you want sugar or you don't want sugar? When you're a child, they don't ask you if you want sugar or you don't want sugar. If you're doing Milo, what kind of question is that that you say you, you want sugar inside? Milo goes with sugar, not sugar. <laughs> you know, when we were children, when we were doing Milo, when you finish drinking the Milo, you see the sugar down the cup. Even that one Christ, another Milo you are drinking. You asking me hey, if, I, if I want sugar. No, 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 no. But when you get to a certain age, you have to ask, just cross-checking. Do, do, do you drink or take sugar in your tea or not? So no, no, no. What about milk? No. All the animals, when they grow, they don't drink their milk. We are the ones who still drink milk, even though you are 45 years old. 
Because they've managed to convince us that, oh, milk is this, milk does that. It's make the calcium for your bones and all that. The bones have already formed in my mother's womb. Yeah? Check which, even birds, they don't drink milk. You, when you go shopping, you, you spend money on milk. Plenty of milk. Milk powder. Guyanese like milk powder. They spray it on the t- They spray it like that. Like cheese on plantain. It's sprayed like that. Yeah. Hallelujah. So Abraham perceived. He discerned that these three guys, they are not human. You get it? They are not human. And if they are not human, then I must tap into something. Amen. I'll give you another example about Moses and the burning bush, isn't it? That as he saw the uncommon situation, he drew nigh and then the Lord spoke to him. So a setting uncommon interest, uncommon ha- happening, and then you are attracted to it. You see that uh, when you are driving on the road, when you're on the road, you're driving, sometimes you see, uh, you, you, you encounter traffic. It's not because there's something. What, what has happened is that somebody has crashed and everybody's passing and stopping to watch. So it becomes a traffic jam. You, you only get there to realize that, oh, it's some two people fighting and everybody's slowing up to watch the fight. So a setting attraction to something uncommon is also a way to identify a blessing because Moses saw the burning bush. It was not being consumed. And he, he, he wondered, what is this? And the Bible said that when he approached it, then the Lord spoke to him. Um, but that we spoke about Balaam. The Lord opened his eyes uh, to see the angel on, on the road. So some eyes have to be opened because sometimes no matter the eyes you have, you need some eye drops to prevent your eyes from getting bad, isn't it? The next one is Joshua chapter 5. Joshua chapter 5. Joshua chapter 5. That's another type of man appearing in your life that is a blessing. Do you get it? Yeah, this, is very, this, is, this is very interesting. And the angel of the Lord, Joshua chapter 5. Joshua chapter 5, verse 1 says that, And it came to pass when all the kings of the Amorites, which were on the side of Jordan westward, and all the kings of the Canaanites, which were by the sea, heard that the Lord had dried up the waters of Jordan from before the children of Israel, until we were passed over, that their heart melted, neither was there spirit in them anymore because of the children of Israel. Now, because of the children of Israel. At that time, the Lord said unto Joshua, make these sharp knives and circumcise again the children of Israel the second time. And Joshua made him sharp knives and circumcised the children of Israel at the hill of the false kings. This is a miracle. Gee. 
Joshua said, all you guys, we have been on this desert for almost 30 years. Some people were born 30 years, they have not had the knife experience. So God realized that the, the people, they needed a knife encounter. Maybe we should have a service called the knife encounter. <laughs> no, it's interesting when you think about it because what Joshua did basically is that all the guys, all the men who had entered into that, the, 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 the tribes and, and into the, uh, the family who were not circumcised, he organized them to a hill. Can, can you imagine how it was? So when you come, you take off your talk And you present it. And then he cut it. And then you, you, you go. Next. 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 Hey. I'm sure it was a sight. I'm sure the women were watching from somewhere. So, what? <laughs> Look me, husband. How are you crying? <laughs> Very interesting. And this is the cause why Joshua did circumcise. All the people that came out of Egypt that were males, even all the men of war, died in the wilderness, by the way, after they came out of Egypt. Now, all the people that came out were circumcised. But all the people that were born in the wilderness, by the way, as they came forth out of Egypt, them they had to circumcise. So sometimes you see that as we go along, many people have been around for years, they understand some things, new people come. You have to go back and do and teach and emphasize on some of the things that we have been emphasizing or on or we emphasize on years ago. That's how you talk about some things all the time so that nobody is, is, is kind of ignorant of certain, certain facts. In verse 13, the Bible says that, and it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho that he lifted up his eyes and looked and behold, there stood a man over against him. Remember, this is a man. There stood a man over against him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went unto him and said unto him, Art thou for us or for our adversaries? Now, you have to understand that this is, this is in no way giving out or giving away any information about the origin or the descent of this man. The Bible says there was a man. It tells you how Joshua encountered this individual. Addressing him, looking at him, viewing him as a man, as all of us would have done. The Bible says in verse 14, he says, ask him a question, and he said, and the man said, the man said, no. But as captain of the host of the Lord, am I now come? And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and did worship and said unto him, what saith my Lord unto his servant? Give us a new living translation. When Joshua was near the town of Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with, with, with sword in, in hand. Joshua went up to him and demanded, are you a friend or a fool? There was nothing about this guy that showed or proved anything that he was 
an alien. His head wasn't shaped in a different way. How we see UFOs, UFOs, all of that, aliens. Whenever they draw aliens, their heads are like a triangle with some, <laughs> some eyes and some ears and they look like ghosts. Apparently, there was nothing about this man that triggered any warning to Joshua whether he was supernatural or anything extraordinary. He was just a man. The scripture says, that is what made Joshua ask, are you a friend or a foe? Are you with us or against us? The response is what gives away people who God sent into our lives as a blessing. The Bible says that neither one, he replied, I am the commander of the Lord's army. At this, Joshua fell with his face to the ground in reverence. I am at your command, Joshua said. What do you want your servant to do? Watch out for people who support what your interest is in the Lord. They are a blessing from God. You want me to say it again? Joshua asked a question, are you with us or against us? It means that if somebody is with you, it's different. It means something. And if somebody is against you, it also means something. And so his question was to find out whether this person was an addition or a subtraction. And the answer that the person gave him made him even go down to, to, to bow down and worship this man because he realized that this is somebody who has his interest at heart. And this person who has his interest at heart is actually sent by God and he's from God to come and assist and, and to help him in the war and in the battle that he's engaged in. By that, I'm saying that the revelation here is that pay particular attention to people who support your spiritual exploits or your spiritual dreams. It's not common that you have a spiritual aspiration and you have support. You are quiet. Joshua was going to fight. Then all the way from heaven, God sends a commander to come and command Joshua and his troops. This is God, 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 God's interest. It's with what Joshua is doing. So he releases somebody supernatural who will come and help. I'm saying that watch out for people. You see, that's why, that's why, for example, when a lady in the church went to the bank, borrowed money, sent her daughter and her nephew to Bible school. It's very unique. People don't go to the bank and borrow money for, to buy a ticket for you to go nowhere. I don't know how many people would do that. If I can borrow money from the bank, I, I buy in Atlanta, I buy in Kia. Or I give it to my buy friend. Like because some women do things for their buy friends. 
Oh yeah. Oh man. Yeah. He'll tell you, you, you could get money from courts. He'll drag you to court and organize money. Oh yeah. Put it in your name. Six months later, you and him done. You got payback courts. Now every day he's a cross. I don't know how many crosses you have in your house. You you had a cross, brother. <laughs> never like he. You never like he. You never said it. You never like he. You never like he. Ah. <laughs> All of a sudden, you never like he. I see. <laughs> Watch out for people who support your spiritual interests rather than growth. Spiritual interests. The interest you have spiritually about a God, about a church. So, so even me, I, I, I have to watch out for people who support what I'm doing here. They're a blessing. Yeah. And if you have somebody like that, it's a blessing. Because the world... And people will give you money if you are going to, you're going to write back maths or English. But we are doing a, a fundraising or we are doing a um, launching. How can I say thanks? You're asking for money to buy a book. You see the answer people give you. Me, you got no money. Sometimes people think they want to give their money away so they can see the benefit of it. But sometimes it's not really that. You are just supposed to give the money away for the money to be given away. That's how sometimes people ask when, when homeless people come and they say, oh, please for a little hundred dollar. They say, no hundred dollar for you. You smoke whatever. Go get out of my face. Watch out for people who support your spiritual pursuits, your spiritual interests. The support, they are divine. I cannot speak less of this pastor who is part of the Give Thyself Holy Association, who I know is with me to the end. It's a blessing. It is a complete blessing to start something. You say God has called you to start an association, and with all the people who are joining, who are not so, you know, that you have one out of them who is so, who is so staunch, who supports you. Who show up anywhere and who is with you and who just flows with you? It, it's a blessing. It's a blessing. Watch out for the boss who gives you time off to come and do church activities. Watch out for that boss. It's a good boss. It makes me remember a Nehemiah when he heard of the walls of Jerusalem and was serving the king one day. And the king looked at his face and he said, my, 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 Charlie, your face doesn't look well. What is the problem? Then Nehemiah related the, the case or the issue of, of the, the walls of Jerusalem to him. And that how, you know, he really liked to help rebuild it. And the king said, do what is in your heart. He gave Nehemiah goods. He gave him materials. And he wrote letters for him to be able to pass through different towns and different cities and different countries to go back and help rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. That king, no matter the, the, the weed he smokes, 
no matter the alcohol he consumes, no matter the dangles he has around him, no matter whatever he does, that, that king is a blessing from God. <laughs> because sometimes you look at people, do they speak in tongues? Hey, there are people who speak in tongues who are going to hell. Oh, how can the spies who went to Jericho, how could they be helped by a tangle? You see, when Naaman the Syrian went to Elisha and he told him he should go and dip himself seven times in the Jordan River, he said, what kind of nonsense is that? What stupid is he telling me? Jordan River? I come from Barbados. We have blue water. Guyana, brown water. If it's water, there is water in my country to dip myself inside. So, when somebody is a blessing, don't look at what they do or what they have done. Look at what they are trying to introduce into your life. Are you, are you with me? You can have a cocaine dealer who says that they want to sponsor you to go to Bible school. You say, mm. how can I go to Bible school with the cocaine money? <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just helping you because sometimes we look at people and then we disqualify them. But if only you are God, then you can disqualify people. Is there any God here? God of Georgetown? If you're God, you're only a God of Georgetown. Nowhere else. You can't even cross the river. <laughs> How is it that when God or when the spies from, from, from Israel, when they were going to be helped in Jericho, no clean person was used but a dangle. Do you know what it means to go into a dangle's apartment? You see some sex toys right there. Yeah. You see condoms all over. You see uh, 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 the thing that somebody has. <laughs> they press it and then it moves. Vibrators, adult toys. You see panties. I'm sure as she was opening the door for, for them to come, she was wearing these panties with, with a long, the like braces. It connects the foot from the hair, red. Hmm. And I'm sure he, the, the bobby was even there as she was opening the door. Probably had a tattoo on her bobby or something. How can people from Israel? So no, is there any other room, any other house we can go to to be saved? They didn't look at that. Because that was the opening God had given to them. That was a blessing. How do we behave? We check people out. We are like, we are like, I don't know, forensic, human, human forensic uh, experts. Who is not good, who is not fit, who is not right, who I don't want who I can't handle, who I don't like, who I can't marry, I won't marry. You see, you, you, 
I don't want to insult anybody. I feel like insulting somebody. I don't want to insult anybody. <laughs> when you do not understand God and how God blesses people, you assess things by your own standards. You always be wrong. Always. And your life will be so empty. Then at the end of your life, you wonder, why did God do this to me? God didn't do anything to you. You can't, it be you cousin. If God was to open your eyes and show you one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, that you didn't see, that you said, I don't like. I'm asking yourself, how can people of God, holy people, allow themselves to hide in the house, in the room of a prostitute? Why didn't they refuse that? They say, you know what? Everywhere else, but not this place. Somebody told me, prostitutes, they smell. And I can understand because with all the things you do and all the chemicals and all the things you use to make sure that the place is clean and whatever, you, you develop a smell. How can you not develop a smell? How, how can you not develop a smell? Different men. This is not men from God. This is men from... <laughs> <laughs> then you are using it because the frequency of the, of the, of the entrance the, the traffic you need the, the road to be paved you need to fix the road you need an you need excavator you need a roller <laughs> you need asphalt the things you will use the medications and the, and the treatments and sitting on hot water and all of that it, it will transform you into a certain person you have to probably cover your image with a lot of perfume or cologne or something I'm sure when the guys were hiding, some panty fell on somebody's face. <laughs> he said, Jesus, do you really have to be here? I'm sure they, an angel said, shut your mouth or either go out and let them arrest you. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure one of them said, I can't wait to get out of this place. I can't wait. He asked, can, can you smell what I smell? I'm sure God was saying, you better keep quiet right there if you want to live. If you want to live. And that is how our lives are. In our ignorance, we look at people and we assess. And sometimes I always say, Charlie, you should try it. You should check it and see. You should consider it. Maybe you should think about it. Maybe you should look at it and see. Because if you don't take care, you drive away that which is supposed to fill your room. For you not to have enough room to contain the blessings of God. People come in all forms and all shades. The Lord spoke to me. He said that the people that we don't even like. Be careful of somebody you don't like. Those of you who have people you don't like. Why, why do you have somebody you don't like in your life, in the church? You don't like somebody. Well, why, why, why? What kind of jumpy spirit, jumpy spirit do you have? Jesus doesn't live in your heart, though. It's very serious. You're not born again. That you're in the church and there's somebody you don't like. Be careful. Be careful. I have learned in this life that most of the time you need help and the only person to help you is the person you don't like. Oh, yeah. Sometimes the person you don't like, the shoe that you're looking for, the person knows where to buy the shoe. 
like you saw the person wearing a similar shoe the other day. But because you don't like the person, you're asking somebody around them whether they know where you can get shoe to buy. Look at you. Look at you. Ah! Oh, I, I've noticed that in life. I'm just <laughs> half, half a century years old, but I've seen that sometimes the, people, the person you don't like to talk to, you do it. That person seems to have something at the moment in your life that you need. Be careful. Don't ever wake up later and say, God didn't bless you. You are the one who pushed away the blessings. And that is what God is trying to deliver all of us from. He doesn't want to have a reputation that he didn't help you. And so he's cautioning us. He's opening our eyes. He's helping us so that one day, should you say anything like that, it will be your judgment. Because God is not a respecter of persons. He blesses the wicked. The Bible says he causes rain to fall on the righteous and on the wicked alike. So watch the people who you may not like. Watch the people who you may not, may not qualify to be in your life, but seemingly add value to the interest you have in the Lord. Time is up. Stand to your feet, please. learn again, if you have the time, in Judges chapter 6 verse 11, Gideon also encountered a man, but he recognized him by the way he greeted him. By the way he greeted him. You see, the fact that now people use words doesn't mean that when everybody uses a particular word, that is not valuable. Hey, if you have somebody who calls you sugar, <laughs> How many people have called you sugar in their life? Honey, milk powder. <laughs> Some people say, Hey, bye, hey, hey, bye, hey, hey, bye, hey, hey. I see, we are used to a lot of empty words. So when that particular one comes and says, Hi, sugar. He said, Buy, Remove from in front of me. <laughs> That's not my name. <laughs> Get behind me, Satan. <laughs> there are people who are married, enjoying sex and licking and sucking things who don't call themselves sugar. You, they have not even seen your panty and they are calling you sugar. So, mommy, auntie, me like you. This is, we should be very careful. Everybody should be careful. Sometimes the way you are addressed is coming from something deep in the heart. Yeah. And there came an angel of the Lord and sat under an oak which was in Ophrah that pertained unto Joash the Abizrite. And his son Gideon fresh wheat by the wine press to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said unto him, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. 
It's not everybody who call you mighty man of valor. Man of God. Man of God. Even the, the names and the titles we, 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 we get, some people don't even like to say it. Oh, that man? Can't even call you bishop. Is that man? Yeah. I remember a gentleman who used to call me pastor, 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 pastor. Even though I'm a bishop, he always call me pastor. I ask him to do some work for me. Pastor, pastor, pastor. When I started driving there, Nissan, I met him one day. When he saw me come out, he said, Bishop. <laughs> I said in my head, your face like kaka, you know, kakalak, your face like kakalak. People are very funny. That you have to appeal to them before they give you respect. But when you are in Christ, you cannot. You see, I, I imagine when the angel came to see Mary about the pregnancy. How was it like? I mean, I'm sure all of us will think maybe it was so that a white being appeared with the wings behind him and they're doing like, Mary! Mary! I was meditating on it today and I said that the fact that Mary will ask the angel, how can these things be even meant that the angel was not so visible. Because if you see a white being who is doing and he tells you you are going to be pregnant, you better don't tell him how is it going to be. <laughs> so somehow, the angel must have been in a form that what he was saying and how it looked like didn't match. So Mary had to question his statement. How can this be? How, how can this be possible? And then you said, what is not possible with men is possible with God. It's like the, 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 the man had to assure Mary that this thing I'm telling you, I come from God. God sent me. It's like he has to read his credentials because he didn't look it. He didn't look it. He didn't make Mary feel comfortable that he is coming from God's presence and therefore she should believe what he's saying. That's how our lives are. Mighty man of valor. So he's trying to sweet talk me. Sweet talk. Talk, talk, sweet talk. Sweet talk. Watch those people. Some may be sweet talk. But if you consider everyone as sweet talk, you'll be sweet talked. If one out of them may be God addressing you properly. I'm, I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you. That by the end of the year, you'll be able to say that I have not room enough for the blessings of God. I say, I'm praying for you. That the blessings in terms of human beings that God will release into our lives, we will not even miss one of them. If there were a hundred coming into our lives, you will not receive 99 and miss one. That's my prayer for you tonight. May it come to pass. In the name of Jesus. Father, thank you tonight for your word. Thank you for helping us and explaining things to us. I pray that indeed we will not miss any blessing. May we also be able to say we are blessed so much so that there's no room enough to contain it. I give you praise. In Jesus' name. Amen. 
For booking and more information on the ministry of Victor Collins, please call us on 592-691-5301 or email us at shepherdhousegy at gmail.com. God richly bless you.